Whether you're new to pool and practicing the basics or a more experienced player performing drills to improve your shot making and positional play, the Drill Partner is perfect for you. All right. Welcome to this Saturday edition of Dogging It. We got a really good one today. Melina, I've been looking forward to this one. How about you? Oh, I am too. I am too. Been looking forward to it all week long. Scott's always a great guest. So many angles and things to talk with him about uh consummate professional so i'm looking forward to it man it's gonna be a good show yeah so uh, you barely made it you took the girls ice skating i was fully expecting you to show up with a cast or crutches or something like that i I didn't know you were a speed skater it wasn't wasn't good joe it wasn't good we only had we the the photo the photo tells a different story on how it actually went so we only had like a 45 minute block to get through of course when you have three girls you're like you're barely getting in with the skin of your teeth. And when we get there, my two older girls, they start rolling. Of course, I got Madeline duties, and it was the blind leading the blind, you know. <laughs> and um, we made it all the way through, almost, almost, you know, on, you know, no fractures. But um, at the end, at the end, it didn't go so well, buddy. It didn't go Took well. Took a nosedive? I mean, my, I don't, my, I may never make the I may never make the Moscone Cup. My my uh, <laughs> <laughs> my my shooting arm. I mean, there I go the right U.S.'s dreams it. of winning the Moscone Cup because Melina you know, might won't make so, the team now. Yeah, man, it was brutal though. <laughs> I had Madeline in my arm because she was shutting down, and I thought I got it because I'm held my daughter a million times, but I've never held my daughter with ice skates before. Yeah, no, and so you can't do that. and so my abil- my little ability to balance went out the door. I ate it. She was fine. But all of my weight and everything just came down. I don't know what's wrong with my arm, but I'm not doing well at all, buddy. Not oh, man. All. Maybe you got to cut down going to the gym now. Maybe you only go like three times a day. No, listen. I can. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to go tomorrow morning. We'll see. All right. Anyway, let's get to the point here. We got a great guest today. And, uh, you know, it's funny, Mike, because when I met Scott, I had just moved to Arizona. And obviously, he's a legend out here with one pocket. And I only knew him as a pool player. And seeing what kind of the way he's transitioned now, it's been really impressive. So let's bring him in. Let's talk to him. I'm excited to uh, to hear from him. Uh, let you me bring him in? Am I bringing him in? I thought you were bringing him in, but you didn't, you didn't catch the cue. Scott Frost, how's yeah. it going, buddy? What's up, guys? How are you? Oh, we're good, man. We're good. Yeah. Hey, uh, good. so I got to ask you, you've made this shift now from player to pundit. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really interesting because – it's from an outsider looking in, here's what it looked like. Okay. It looked like you were at the U S open. It looked like you got a really bad call against you and it looked like you handled it with total class. And maybe yeah. that opened the door for some conversations and all of a sudden you're in the booth calling matches. That might be completely, you know, not how it happened, but tell us how it did happen. How did you get connected and start doing commentary at the U S open? Well, let's, I mean, let's be real. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That obviously probably helped me. What I didn't know is Emily Frazier, obviously when you're in the heat of the moment like that, you don't see anything around you. I didn't know that there was a camera on me. That's on my dad's grave. I had no idea. It's pitch dark in that room. 
there was a guy walking around with a camera. I thought you knew you had a camera on you. I'm not going to lie. Had no I thought, clue. Yeah. Had yeah. no clue. <laughs> but but here's what here's what I did know. It was my first event, right, with Matchroom. Yeah. It was yeah. my first event. And I felt like I just it's one of those things where you know, like you just feel like something's going to happen. And with me in my entire freaking career, something's always happening, right? <laughs> you know, I, I'm an emotional player, but yeah. it's like something's always following me around. And I'm not saying it's a dark cloud. I've had so many great things happen to me. But in the heat of the moment when that went down, all I kept telling myself was, keep your cool, right? Because this is my first event. I know I'm not going to win the tournament. But each match, I started getting more comfortable. I've had a top top 10 U.S. Open finish in the past, actually top eight. I had Ralph Suquet eight to one, and he breaks and runs like the whole set on me. I kicked two balls at back in 04. And then a few years back, a top top eight derby uh, finish in the nine ball. And I played nine ball at a high level, but my point to this is, I plan on commentating, or my goal is to commentate in the future, right? I didn't say, I'm not saying I plan on commentating for Matchroom. Uh, that, that wasn't the thing. That was kind of a dream, right? That was kind of a dream. At that moment, though, if anybody can tell me that I'm, think, I'm that smart, I'm definitely not that smart, not even close, that I'm thinking, oh, just shake his hand and tell him a uh, good match. I'm going to get the commentary job. That's not how it went, right? Matter of fact, if you want me to be honest, and I and that's probably why you guys hate me or love me, um, <laughs> I I left. I, I I was not happy. I walked straight out of the arena, went up to my room, and my heart was pounding. And I'm like, "What just happened?" Because I I felt perfect on that ball. I was going to get out, and I was playing strong. I played a really good set there. I think I missed one ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I broke down in tears. It was weird. I just because I am an emotional player. I broke down in tears, and I'm like. F it, right? I'm like, fuck it. And I messaged yeah. Emily. And Emily, I didn't know she hated me or loved me or doesn't really know me. And that's come to right. figure out, she really didn't know me. And I messaged her and I said, hey, can I have five minutes of your time? And she immediately responded to me and she said, meet me here, right? And I went and spoke with her. And she was so professional. And, and, and I'm being sincere about that, right? Like, I've said this from day one. She was so professional handled everything with such class. And I broke down in front of her too. And I felt like the biggest idiot on the planet. But at the same time, that's just who I am, right? Um, You gotta be you. I don't believe that I even brought up commentary with her. Um, It was a pretty brief conversation, like probably seven to 10 minutes. I don't believe I brought up commentary with her, but what I did tell her is my interest in matchroom and what I think they're doing right. And and what I'm, you know, and that I'm gonna be playing more events. I think Carl Boys and Darren Appleton, I know I know those two for sure because they came up to me later. And they're both, you know, legends in their own right for sure. I think I think they had gave them a few words and said, Hey, let me try a couple games. And the next day I get a message from Emily and she's like, Hey, do you want to hop on comms? We're gonna give you an opportunity. Two games. Two two racks of nine. Oh, really? <laughs> and I'm like, it's a big Was- production, right? Go ahead. That's Go ahead. pressure, man. That, that's pressure. If you know you only got two <laughs> racks, you know, it could be it could be a golden break and then a, a one nine lined up and it's like, hey, what, what yeah. you, Scott? Have a good one. <laughs> yeah. They, don't dog they, it. I, yeah. yeah, don't dog it. Their terminology was a couple games, right? Or a few games. I, I don't yeah. want to say two games, but it was yeah. a few games. It wasn't a whole it wasn't a whole set, however they terminology uh came out. So anyway, I was like floored. 
I, I do, you know, I have been commentating in the States for years. I came up under yep. Billy and Cardona. I've, I've studied Jeremy's, uh, his show and how he delivers. I'm just different, right? I'm, I'm, I, people tell me to be myself. I'm going to be myself. I'm different, but we both have a very um, broad band of knowledge. And, and rotation is not a difficult game to commentate when you play one pocket at the highest level. I'm being honest, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not, uh, the patterns are, I've played nine ball my whole career. Um, so anyway, I got a chance to commentate a few games. And so it's, I believe it was Carl and I, and we're in, we're up there and, and all my nerves went away, but there's a producer in, in my, in my headset, right? Oh. And this producer worked for the NFL for many years, many, many years, worked for the NFL. Um, he was a big producer in the NFL. And I'd met him prior, he'd come up, he, everybody was so polite and warm. So we're up there and we're talking and two games goes by and three games goes by, four games goes by and like five or six games in, I hear in the producer say, hey, go ahead and let Frost finish this. And I'm like, yeah. There you go. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. so it, was, it was good. Um, the reception was good. Part of part of why I love this story is because let's be real, Scott. You weren't you weren't a favorite to win the U.S. Open, right? You show no. up there, you wanna you wanna have a good run, you wanna start getting your feet wet there. You know what I mean? They, you ended up parlaying exactly. this into an opportunity, and this is what I love about you is because I see these guys online, Scott, who are past players or have history of the game, right? And they go on social media and they just like campaign for opportunities. I deserve to be a Moscone Cup captain. I deserve to be in the commentary booth. Mm. I deserve to be part of this show. Yeah. But like you went out on your own dime, yeah, flew yeah. your ass over, flew over to Atlantic City, right? Shook some hands, met some people, had a good experience, had a not so good experience, and you made the best of it. And then now look where it got you. But you got there on your own effort and your own merit, you know, without having to go and, you know, plead on social media for why mm. you think you belong <clears throat> inside this this circus so to speak you know yeah, yeah thanks mike I, I mean i know how it goes but first off shout out to my people tony and julie bloom right they're the ones that got me back listen guys i did quit for three years i did not play pool for three years right in the construction process and then through to 2020 basically early 2017 to 2020 i didn't play pool i might have hit a few balls here and there while i was working but i never hit balls so but tony and julie bloom Anything I want to do, they're behind it, right? Uh, we have expenses and costs up front, but yeah, I did. I did go out there, and but I knew, to your point, Mike, I knew that you you can run around and ask for sponsorships and this and that, and at the end of the day, what really matters is results. You're not gonna, you can't sell your way to a sponsorship deal. The results no. have to happen, and, and I do have a good resume, but. I'm not going to make a highlight out of it saying that I'm going to match room with the U.S. Open when you've got 7 million gunslingers out there. And, yeah. and that's a great thing, right? That's a great yeah. thing. So, yeah. You know, I think you did, I think you've done great. The, the, the reception online has been awesome. I, I remember at the U.S. Open, I come back, and I think it was Joey who had brought you up. And I was like, well, I knew Scott was doing commentary, but I was there live, so I didn't hear a word. You know, obviously, I've enjoyed your commentary for sure. years you know, uh, listening to one pocket and, and just thoroughly enjoyed it every single time. But, you know, I, then I started seeing the chatter online and the forums and on posts and on things, you know, Scott's doing great. Scott's doing this, Scott's doing that. Then we see you get your passport, you head over to the UK. Let's talk about that for a minute because you obviously yeah. went over there with, you know, American hopes in your heart. And, uh, 
you know, it didn't it didn't translate. I, I want to get what your thoughts are on on the performance out there, on how you thought the team did. Uh, let's just start there, buddy. Yeah, well, first, I've got to say, talking about the passport, you know, Efren, I had a chance to play Efren in the Philippines like almost two decades ago. I beat him the first two times we played, and then Sylvia George, she's a digital creator out there. We had a match set up in this huge outdoor stadium. It was going to be, like, historical. I mean, maybe 100,000 people. It fell through. It wasn't on my end. It fell through, right? And I was applying for a passport, getting ready to apply for a passport at the time in those discussions. And when it fell through, I was just heartbroken, right? I really wanted to go out there. I don't know that I'd ever come back. Um, but I never got a passport then. And then all of a sudden, after the U.S. Open, you know, I think a month or so went by. And I opened my phone and Emily Frazier asks me, invites me to do commentary at the U.S. Open or asks me if I want to. And, dude, I was... I at the Moscone Cup, you mean, right? At the Moscone yeah, Cup. Yeah, at the Moscone yeah. Cup. And I called, like, 20 people before I even responded to her. I was so excited. But then I only had a short window to get my, my passport. So I was freaking out a little bit. I'm like, so I just played it off. I'm like, yeah, I'll get my passport. I'll have it. Don't worry. And I only had, like, eight weeks to get my passport. I got it in five. That's um, awesome. So anyway, but then, yes, yeah, so I get to the, to the Moscone Cup. And the difference between being there as a fan or watching from the outside or watching on TV and being where I was as somebody that has a pass to not only go behind the scenes, but I was also able to go in the players' practice room. Carl was also allowed. And it's pretty rare that that gets to happen. Um, that being said... It is rare yeah. because we that, th those are like specific... Those are usually off-limits even to to media yeah. i know that because they they mentioned that before i think at last year's moscone cup whenever we went it was you got access to everywhere else except the players practice room you know? yeah and, so. and it wasn't like i went in there and barged in right i would i would feel the vibe before i ever yeah of course, did anything of course. Like that. respectfully stuff, yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah. But to really see, um, and, and I'll harp on this constantly, and it's what I saw from the outside looking in for the last year and a half, two years, uh, the professionalism of the whole outfit. To, I mean, I saw it at the U.S. Open, but to see the professionalism of the whole outfit is just freaking mind-boggling, man. I mean, we're talking, we're talking probably 60 to 100 staff members uh, from, the, from the setup guys, to the yep. audio, I mean, it's just a, a full professional pr production. And every single one of them, not one person mistreated me, right? And they can immediately tell I'm American. And most of them are, are European, right? So that Were was- Were you nervous, Scott? So I was, and yeah. I, 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 nerves don't typically strike me at the highest level a lot of times. I, I, day one, when I opened on the floor. But it, it's a different show. arena, Scott. It's a different arena that you're <clears> in. Is. Not just like in the nine ball sense, but like, you know, you're not on the table anymore. No, it, it's different. But what's more different is having 3,000 people in there. And I'm standing <laughs> on the floor with a microphone next yeah. to a beautiful woman and Carl with the trophy right there and or the cup right there. And I'm thinking, my God, what am I doing here? Um, you had to pinch be, yourself, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was right. It was crazy, but I was nervous, right? Like I was nervous that day one. We go through like two hours of rehearsals. I've got exactly what I'm going to say. You know, you don't have note cards up and you don't read from a teleprompter. And then all of a sudden the lights hit. I don't remember anything I said all week, <laughs> to be honest with you. But but every day I got so much more comfortable because I understood the process, right? And by the final day, I was like, 
really dialed in. I felt I was dialed in. But that day one, I was low on sleep and real low on sleep. And, and I, it was just, I can imagine. It, it, it was all just kind of like a tornado. Either you're really good at faking it or it looked like you did a lot of preparation kind of leading up to it. Like you knew your history. You talked about things that happened in the past. Take us through that preparation once you found out. Once you got the passport, you knew you were going. What kind of stuff did you do to kind of get ready? Well, this is something we didn't have as kids, right? Um, Social media is an amazing thing. The night that Emily offered me to go to uh, do commentary for the Moscone Cup in London, the very night I started researching past cups, right? I started researching past cups. I started researching stats. And I did this every night, every single night, my woman would attest to it. I typically did a lot of research on YouTube with, with, with pool in one pocket and things like that. When this happened, it was all Moscone cup that it, it was all Moscone cup. So that's what I did. And then I found a few spots. Carl boys gave me this site that had stats. I mean, I just drilled it into my mind and, and, and still there's so much information there that you can mix it up or make a mistake. So you've got to be careful when you speak, right? It, 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 you could look real stupid real quick. And I'm sure I did that a time or two, oh, but I did a I lot of right. research practically every night on my phone. It, so it we talked because b- b- before we had Scott on, I hit him up to come on prior to the Moscone cup. And, uh, uh, he says, yeah, you know, I've been doing commentary overnight and blah, blah, blah. And he said, I've been studying, my ass off and in my head i'm like this motherfucker's gonna be studying his ass off for my stony cup you know? and <laughs> well that's opposite of you melina yeah you well, no like... but hey listen it translated though because scott and even on that show scott had scott was on his p's and q's you know what i mean yeah. like he he had a, he had his stuff together what were we gonna say joe I, well i was gonna say if you think about it when you did that first stand-up i think it was the first one after the team match where they the audience could hear you Right. Oh yeah, they can and hear you're t- the whole audience. And, yeah. and Shane missed those two balls, right? We can talk about it on this show, and Shane's oh, not yeah. right there. But you're saying yeah. it on a loudspeaker, plus into the mic to all the fans, and Shane's right there, you know. And I know your friends. How difficult was that? And and how did you like? Has there been any blowback from that? That's a great question. Um, you know, there there was a fine line there. Uh, I was led to push. Team USA, right? Of course, Carl's European. He's played on Team Europe, very successful. And I was led to kind of amp Team USA up. And, and, and sometimes I was left speechless just because of some results. Also, in Team USA's defense, things went real funny real quick. Um, but that particular situation there, I had no, Shane and I are close enough. I really didn't have a problem, I, I guess, maybe speaking the truth because it is the truth. I mean, I told him immediately afterwards, I said, why did you even roll either of those balls in that situation? I know how you play. You you can't roll those balls. But when you're tentative and nervous, you tend to either overhead it or underhead it, right? And, and of yeah. course, in that setting, that's what happened. So how did I feel speaking of it? I was just nervous to begin with. I don't want to use the word scared to death, but I was just nervous to begin with. But that situ- that particular situation about Shane wasn't real difficult for me because he and I are pretty honest with each other. Yeah. He's they're they're a professional, every one of them, you know, and, and there's it's very mm. rare on the American side and even the Europeans where they don't seem to take it personal. You know, I think they get it they, they get it that it's on the table and now that it's become more professionalized that the oh just observing that's all it is you know what i mean it's not saying 
he choked or he did this or he did that. You know, it's just, hey, we're talking about a moment that happened. You can't avoid it. And uh, I think all of them accept it for better or worse because it's not always going to be a walk in the park, you know, and especially under those lights. Shane's been there 17 years. You know, he gets he gets the highs and the lows of it all. And um, but that's part of why I can appreciate him because Scott's right. You know, it's not it when you discuss things with them, whether privately or publicly, you know, he's he's a very much a student of the game. He knows, you know, if he, dogs it, if, if, if he dogs it, he'll tell you, you know. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And I mean, it, it, the biggest word is like or the biggest term hindsight is also 2020. Right. We can look back at this if the results were different, which they could have been. Right. If the results are different, everything is perfect. Everything is rosy. I mean, we are talking about five different sets. I think that went hill hill at minimum four. Uh, yeah, of course, we lost all of them. But but, you know, things could have been different. What could have been? I think it's too early to really start pointing things out. I truly believe they win as a team and, and lose as a team. I truly believe that. And that's what a team format is about. Um, Shane Van Boney missed those two balls. The team missed those two balls. And I know the guys yeah. on the team feel the same way about that. Being so close to the action there, did you pick up on anything that might have been a problem for the U.S., maybe that led to uh, those results turning out the way they did? Did you sense anything? Did you see anxiety? You know, was there anything like that that you, you, you noticed? I, I, to be honest, Joey, I think it's just too early to, to speak on, on my opinion on what, what could have been or what should have been or anything like that. No, it ain't, not, it ain't too, it, it ain't too yeah, early. Don't worry but about it. But it is for me. It is for me. <laughs> uh, the holidays are coming. We're all going to stay positive. It's, yeah. it's Christmas time, baby. So I'm not going to yeah. give no negative gifts. I want to stay positive. And I think I, I was really impressed. Uh, what I will say is I was really impressed with Fedor and Shane Wolford. And, and what, I, listen, everybody looks at everybody's play. Like, that's not what I'm really looking at. I was really impressed with their demeanor and how mm. diehard they I were love that. Yeah. for the team, dude. Like, it's massive, like I, Scott. It's so yeah. massive. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Federer especially, Shane Wolford is Shane Wolford, right? I knew he's patriotic. I know his family. I know he's, he's there. I really was watching, and I wasn't too concerned about how Federer played. I was more interested in seeing how he responded to his teammates, and how he responded to the American fans. And to me, he was all in, right? Yeah. Like he was really all in. And to, I, I get goosebumps thinking about that. I, th I think that's an awesome thing, a very, very awesome thing. Yeah, we noticed that in the preparation leading up to it, mm -hmm. that he was right in rah-rah with everybody and, and just fit right in and seemed like he really wanted to be there. So. Agreed. Agreed. And, and behind closed doors, he was the same way, right? When the cameras weren't rolling or when, and I know you guys were in, in Texas as well. So he, he was just fully committed to the team. And I think that that's, that's special uh, for the past, for just now and for the future. I think it's really, really big. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you want, what happens out there is just going to happen out there, but you mm -hmm. want guys that are prepared and you want to be able to trust the guys who are next to you. And we saw that firsthand, Joe, you know, we saw guys that were impressed and, and uh, you know, ha having accountability and effort and everybody was kind of bought in and, and when, when it came to the training and all that, and um, it's all you can ask for sport will be what it'll be. Right. Sometimes you can go in there the most prepared and I'm sure you can relate to that, Scott, you know, being, being a competitor, you know, where you go out there and you think, I got it, I'm ready, I'm, I've, I've done all I can do up until this point. And then you can shit the bed at times and it happens at times. You know what I mean? It's just part of, you're not always going to hit home runs and grand slams. And and that's just something you, I'm sure you've learned over the, 
you know, decades of your career to just accept that and try to fade it as best you can, but, you know, realize that, Hey, this is just part of it. I agree. I, I, I do think, I do think some changes need to be made, right? I, I think some changes need to be made. I'm not going to highlight those or talk about that right now. I think we all think there's got to be some type of changes made, you know, the history is what it is, but, like but what, they Scott? lost. Like what? I'm not, I got to do, I'm I, not, I, I got, I got to ask, I got to ask my question too, Scott. Like it's what? It's all good. It's all good, baby. <laughs> but, it, but it ain't never going to happen. I'm not going to elaborate on it yeah, now, but, yeah. but there's a point in time. There's a time and place for that. Yeah. Um, and, and even when I do elaborate on that, they still lose as a team and win as a team. At the end of the day, you, you win with each other or you die with each other. And, and that is what it should be. That's the beauty of a team event, right? You could miss every ball you shoot at, but the team's still going to take that with you, right? So, so it, it doesn't really come, it doesn't come down to to Jeremy Jones. I promise you, it doesn't come down to Shane Van Boney. It doesn't come down to those two. It doesn't come down to any single player. But there are some issues, right? That I some some serious issues, in, in my opinion, um, that that should be addressed sooner or at some point. Gosh, we're not even in twenty twenty four yet. You know, yeah. right? Well, let, let, let me ask you this, Scott, because we had Darren and Carl on just a little bit ago. And, um, you know, obviously there was we, we even had Jeremy Jones on recently. And, you know, I asked him point blank, do you expect to be back as next year's Moscone Cup captain? And he said, you know, I'm, I, I would be surprised if I do. And I'm paraphrasing here, but in so many words, obviously he'd be willing and able and and wants the, the job and, and position. Um, but when I talked with Darren and I asked him his thoughts on it, you know, as a at any possible candidates, your name first one out of his mouth, you know, and I want to get your reaction to that on, um, on Darren bringing you up as, you know, is that something you've thought about? Is that something that you've considered? Is that something that, you know, has kind of tossed in your head at, at all? I got to be careful what I say here. And what I say is going to be true. Um, the, the gravity to me, the importance of becoming a captain for team USA is, much bigger than the room I sit in. It's much bigger than you or Joey or anybody else. It's such a massive job, especially right. in the position that Team USA is in. Um, I, I I don't want to go off track here, but I'm I was really concerned at all of the volunteering and people that just jumped out wanting to become captain immediately Agreed. following the cup, right? Um, if, in my opinion, if you truly wanted to become captain, let's let's all just put ourselves in this position. Let's just say we woke up 20 minutes ago and our phone's lighting up and it says congratulations, right? And you're like, what, what the hell? I'm captain of Team USA. So let's really put ourselves in that position. Is that it? Like the gravity of that after losing the last three years should be something monumental. And I don't know if anybody should be able to think that they can just do it alone. There, there's a lot of work that needs done. I don't know. I don't there's, know those, are, those are big shoes to fill too. Jeremy Jones is a, you know, great and very highly thought of, you know, in, in the community. Absolutely. So, I mean, just, just for, for that alone, you know, you can't, you can't fill Jeremy's shoes. First off, anybody that yeah. tries to fill his shoes is going to lose, right? He's got his own way of doing things. And, right. And he's very, he's very special in that, in that field. He's, Jeremy's, I mean, we all know now, right? I've known my whole life because I grew up under him, but Jeremy's a genius. He's a very, very, very intelligent person. I'm not that intelligent, right? But but I do have my strengths. That being said, going back to being the Moscone Cup captain, 
to me, I've never volunteered for the job. Emily Frazier and I have never once spoken about the job, right? If that were ever to come my way, I wouldn't just say yes. I'm being honest. I wouldn't just say yes. There'd have to be conditions and, and a lot of different things that, that fall in line because the gravity of that job with that production shouldn't be taken for granted at all. And I promise you, Jeremy Jones hasn't taken it for granted. But, but but things still need to change, right? There's there's some yeah. serious serious talks that need to happen and, and, and some things that need to change. I, I think at the very least we can all agree on that. What's that, Joe? Yeah. You mentioned uh, Carl and Darren maybe being influential in you appearing in the box for, for Matchroom. And, and obviously Darren brought this up on the show. <clears throat> How does it make you feel at least that you're thought of as someone who could do that job? From your peers, right? Incre incredibly humbling. I mean, Jason Shaw, like, posted on my comment or made a comment on my post. Like, he was he was running around at Moscone Cup saying, saying this, listen, I don't ask these guys to say that. They see something in me. But they were in bonus bonds, saw what I did with Manny Chow and Tommy Kennedy. We were the worst team on paper. That being said, it's a super big honor. It's, it's, it's very humbling, right? But... But to even entertain the thought of that, it, it's not time for that, right? Because if you if you considered or thought about it and truly cared, you wouldn't even get sleep. Like for me, if I knew I was captain of Team USA next year, I wouldn't be sleeping, right? <laughs> let's let's, let's let's talk about Shane for a minute because you've had your your relationship with him over the years, Scott, and have a very uh, not just being friends but being honest with each other you know what, what is it about y'all's dynamic that lends that lends that openness to be you know respected and and received when it comes to shane probably um you know when we were young um we used to we used to play each other and I, the first few times we gambled um on the bar table i was one of the top probably in the country i, I beat him right but probably because of the age difference he came up kind of under me and i was always an honest person uh, or very, very straightforward. And with him, I kind I didn't definitely didn't take him under my wing, but we battled quite a bit, uh, but we were also friends, right? I respected his game and I knew that he was going to be heads and tails above a lot of people, if not the world. So we would just have that conversation, those conversations. There were many times where I told Shane, I said, listen, those people were trying to talk to you, right? Go back over there, talk to them, give them two minutes of your time, give them 20 seconds of your time, at least acknowledge them, right? And, and, and in Shane's defense, you know, he's grown up with, with a lot of difficulties. He's been bullied. He's had a lot of issues yep. going on in his life, right? And, yep. and that's public knowledge, right? So Shane's a great person, but yep. he's, also, he's also a senior in his career. He's a veteran, yep. right? Um, and, and players it's at times tend to get tired of things no matter what the money is it's remarkable because he is such an introvert to even be able to have the, it the is. outgoing the outgoing attitude that he has publicly all like considering what his natural disposition is like if you knew shane obviously you guys do you know what i mean like that's a, that's a uh um uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't poo poo him at all you know what i mean because shane makes an effort despite the fact that he is such a you know an, an, an introvert Absolutely. And he does make an effort. Now, I always just try to push him more, right? Yeah. I always just try to push him more and, ha and try and open him up just that little bit more each time I saw him, just a little bit more. 
because I know he's a big staple for pool in the world, right? And there's no doubt he's he's Captain America. He's the biggest staple in America. So I would always just try and push him a little bit more to open up and loosen up and relax and work with the people and talk with the people. That that's kind of always been my my job with Shane. Really, really, I've can, always been like that with him. Can you beat him playing one pocket? Uh, now, yeah. I, I listen. I don't. I don't want to play that guy. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> we played. I gave him after he won his third Derby one pocket. We played at Pool Sharks in Vegas when it was the pit. This was seven eight years ago. We played thirty three hours. I gave him nine to eight. Right. We played thirty three hours. The last twelve hours, there was like a hundred people that stayed throughout the whole thing. The last twelve hours, they said that we didn't miss a ball. Our both sides came down and stopped the match. We had chalk on our face. We had our shoes off. And it's to this day, it's the longest match Shane's ever played. Not the longest, unfortunately, longest match I've ever played. But I, I don't even want to – my transition to gambling and things, you know, I, I'm, I feel like internally I made that transition a long time ago. It's not really, you know, that killer in me that I used to have to never really give up gambling and playing for 20, 30 hours. It's just not really – who I am anymore, you know, and, and I think that's okay. I think it's okay to change. I think it's okay to grow and, and make changes in your life. And also opinions, right? I think we're all allowed to have an opinion and, and six months later, if we change our opinion and go the other way, that's okay too. <clears throat> and that, that's kind of how I am. Speaking of you as a player, Scott, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about the transition, right? We've seen Carl boys make pretty much a full transition into full-time commentator, full-time oh. pundit, and he yeah. does a fabulous job. But we also have seen that he's still a great player. He can, you know, he went to the World Cup of Pool, him and Darren, I think it was, and he, he looked like he didn't skip a beat. And so where where's your headspace right now? Do you feel like if, if more opportunities open with Matchroom that you're going to kind of go the route that Carl did, or do you still have that fire inside to play the game? Man, I really want to play. I want to play um, a bunch of matchroom stops. I, I I I know that my rotation game, if that's all I play, will be at a pretty high level. I promise you, and I'll just let that show for itself. The problem is what you just said. I'm constantly struggling with which direction I go. I'm not getting any younger, and and I do really love the commentary side, the production side. I really love that. Shout out Railbirds TV as well, right? With all the Derby City content. Um, but playing is in my blood. And, and I've really started enjoying in the last few years, couple of years since I came back, the tournament aspect, whether it's one pocket. I loved the US Open and I love the format that they have, right? The tighter pockets with the nine on the spot, you're really gambling there and the game is a lot tougher. It becomes um, a moving game, which favors you. It does. Well, I don't, you still have to drop, put the balls in pocket, right? True. You, still have to make the ball. <laughs> you can <laughs> um, do that too, but, though. But no, it's, yeah, got, it's yeah, kind of but important. It, <laughs> but I do like that side of it. I, I think that there's more strategy to the game. Um, so I'm kind of, I don't know which direction I'm going at, right? Um, and I really don't. I, I constantly think about both. And it's, it's kind of a tough spot to be in. Um, but it is what it is. I, 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 I plan on playing. I hope I can do both. Going back to Carl Boys, um, listen, he's been a good friend of mine a long time, but his natural ability is somewhat of filler and Shaw's. Um, he, he's similar to those guys, and his natural ability doesn't take much. He was hitting balls 
um, at the Moscone Cup, he hit like three or four balls and just drilled him. He's, I think he could come back, but he's so good at what he does. Man, and he's very, very intelligent. He's very intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, very witty, always on his feet, you know, charisma, talent. You know, he's, he's, he's a full package out there. He wears a lot of hats in that match from camp, as I'm sure you know. And Scott, we got a question in the chat uh, asking, tell us the Viffer story. I want to hear this story. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I, I have not heard this story. So I want to hear it. If it's made, if it's made for a podcast. Yeah, but it's a long story. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, Discovery Channel is actually coming out with a a, a story on me, and it was they, they I gave them some gambling stories that they wanted to hear about. They heard about. They reached out to me, and I pushed for that story, but they they took a darker story and uh, that I wasn't real fond of, and I I, I probably the Michigan it. one. The Michigan story you told no, me? No, that's not that story. Oh, that, okay. that one's dark too. That was that I, I didn't even put that one in when the guy passed away in my arms. Um, but the, the Viffer story is great. It, it's actually the only lawsuit in gambling I think that's ever happened. It didn't go to court. They, he settled out. Um, but in Vegas, if you gamble with somebody and you have a certain amount of witnesses that write statements, you can sue this person. Um, but long story short, man. I, it's a long story. I really, I think that's for another time. I, I beat him out of a big number, but, you know, uh, it all depends with side money. Okay. It was around like 1.2 million. I beat him I'll tell you, I'll, him I'll tell you this then. I'll, I'll let you off the hook on the condition that you come back and you have another half hour with us and just tell us some stories, stories just stories, gambling stories, then including yeah. this Viffer story. So, yeah. I, and, I no and, and, you know, Mike, when, when I interviewed Scott a few years ago, that's on YouTube. So you can go back and check out some of the historical interviews. He tells that story with Viffer and he also tells a story from Michigan. It was pretty tragic. Uh, but yeah. So Scott, yeah, I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned before that you're an emotional guy and you wear your heart on your sleeve. And, you know, I've seen that just with like a lot of your social media, you know, even things with your pets and stuff that you've been through, you know, you're always, it seems like you care a lot about people, animals, things like that. And obviously this has been a tough season in pool. We just had Tony Chohan on yesterday and we were talking to him and, you know, I know he's been a rival for a long time. He's dealing with health issues. And, and obviously I saw your post with Mika and, you know, you guys did battle before and, and now, you know, there were some regrets about things that have happened. Like, have you kind of, thought about some of these things that are going on in the pool world now that we're getting older and some of these people are kind of running into problems and troubles, you know, you want to share your thoughts? I think about it all the time. Right. But that's all I do is think I I never stop thinking at night. My woman, she, she thinks I'm crazy. I'm constantly doing work around the house. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who can sit still. I don't watch TV. I don't sit still. Um, Tony Bloom and Julie Bloom, they can attest to that. But that being said, if you haven't seen the Mika podcast, first off, Melina, pretty pretty special job there. Um, I can't imagine that being uh, easy, right? Um, but I've watched it twice. And I think it's good for people to watch that because it puts things in perspective. Uh, and when I say things in perspective, it really, it really kind of throws money 
and our everyday cares and worries out the window, like immediately. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's amazing what Mika is faced with and what he's all of a sudden been thrown. Um, and, and if anybody can handle it, it's that guy. I have shied away from this for about the last seven, eight years, but I went on a campaign where I raised a lot of money for several young people with cancer, right? It just so happens that a very good friend of mine, Lawrence Ibarra, um, I helped his family substantially and kind of ran a campaign with Sophia here. Um, he had colon cancer and he was a single father. And, uh, and then Hunter Cole uh, as well, who we buried at 22 years old. Last year, I flew out for his funeral and spent with his family. Um, I think the pool world is such a small world. And of course, we're all warriors. And, and um, on the, I, I don't think you can take anything that happens on the table literal, right? That's Everybody's different on the table. And that's just who you are when you're in battle. But the minute we're off the table, I think we're all truly a family. And, you know, Meek and I had some stupid crap happen. And when I saw that news, it shocked me. It shocked me. And so I immediately, my heart, it, it took me six, seven hours to figure out if it was really the right thing I should do right now with what he was dealing with. But I reached out to him and I'm glad I did. Um, I, yeah. I, uh, I spoke with Mika earlier and um, uh, after he posted his GoFundMe and I was just, I, I was, I was driving and it was very surreal because his spirits were so high. He was like, Mike, I'm doing yoga. I feel great. I'm just getting myself ready for the next round. He's like, but I'm feeling good. And it was just his positive yeah. energy, you know, and like you, you obviously empathize with what he's going through, but like that kind of goes out the door when you're talking with them because then you just hear like how much of a fighter that he is. And oh, so yeah, I, can, no I can, I can share with you guys. He's very much in a positive state right now the the uh encouragement online and things that people have been sending them and whether it's messages or whatever has just meant the world to him and um uh, it, it was the most it was the best news of, of the day and and That's uh great, just just yeah. yeah it was i've 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 um it was mika's something else to be able to come out here and talk about his personal situation on online so all the kudos goes to him and you know, obviously we all wish him the best and, and want him to come back. And we know he will. He's an absolute fucking fighter and he'll continue to be. And um, uh, he just, he's an awesome guy. So. Well, I truly believe in him. I, I, I really believe that <clears throat> he can beat this. It's that guy. There, I really believe it. Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's uh, never a good time for, it, you know, but especially on the holidays, you just kind of think like about everything going on and, you know, being away from home like he is, but thankfully he's got his family around him and, and yeah. uh, he's continuing pushing forward. But, you know, on, on the note of pushing forward, Scott, what's the horizon looking like for you? What's 24 looking like? Are you obviously the Derby I'm guessing is going to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, coming up for you. Um, what outside of that do you have on the calendar? Well, it's been practically every day now. Shout out to my team. We're playing the Griffin Cup January 6th and 7th. And I've got Chris Adams, Joven Bustamante. I've got Jack Circa, Holly Swider. I've got a few players that that are going to surprise people, right? I think Chris Lulick, he's also on the team and one of the the founder of the event. But we've been working every day over there, right? Yeah. So so when we're working when we're working like that, Nick DeLeon's, I I think Nick's in town. He's also on the team. When we're working like that, we're also becoming more like a team. 
Uh, we've been over at Metro Sports Bar and Grill, which is a great pool room here in town. But I've put, I've actually got a fireworks business, right? Every year, um, January is a big season for me and I live off of that money. I put that on a back burner this year. I'm not even opening the, the fireworks lot um, due to my commitment to this team. And, uh, you know, just like the Moscone Cup, a lot of times they make it easy for you, right? These This, this team that I have that I just mentioned, they're such a good group of people that they're going to make it really easy on me and they're all playing amazing. But that's something I've been working on. We're basically in camp every day, um, right through the holidays. And then uh, that's January 6th and 7th. And then the Derby, I want to make it to the pre-Derby at Rail Yard Billiards. I made the finals last year with Fedor. I beat Chohan in the semifinals and make the freaking finals. And I think Fedor beats me five to three or five to two, but I, I played really good. A couple of funny things happened, but always going to happen when you play the best player in the world. Uh, shout out Fedor Gorst. But yeah, that's it. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it to rail yard or yet, yet or not, but the time frame is real tough. January 6th and 7th, we play the Griffin Cup in Vegas. And then we're going to probably spend a day there. I'm going to get back here like the 9th. Well, that's when the event starts out there at rail yard. And shout out to Kyle, the owner of that place. He's doing a ton for pool. Um, he is. But, so he, he's he's great. He's he's great. Some of your team members have been in this uh, interview here. They've been in the chat making comments. And Chris Lulick was actually in here. I've done battle with Chris for years. And first time I ever played yeah. him was in Daytona Beach, Florida. And just a a solid player, a good dude. Oh, dude. And yes. and he says when we were talking about you potentially being Moscone Cup captain one day or you know that whole part of the conversation he basically put in a comment and I highlighted it that said after seeing Scott kind of captain this Griffin Cup team he he'd be great at it you know so your team's That's behind you it sounds yeah. like uh they're ready to go <sighs> they make my job easy though they're all such great players this Holly Swider man I was highly impressed with her um, you should, you guys should check her out. She's, we have so many amazing players, Joey, as you know, in this area, it is the biggest pool community in the country. I truly believe that I'm not just saying it. I don't know. I've been everywhere. I don't know the bigger community. Scott, so many good players. I wasn't even offended when you didn't pick me. Like I didn't even get a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not God. even a tryout. He didn't even go for batting <laughs> practice. Or, he didn't even ask me if I was hitting balls. Nothing. Uh, you know, Scott. It was nice having you on, Scott. We appreciate your time, buddy. Might know you, just, uh, you just got off. Luckily, awkward, I know. Luckily, I know you, and I know that you don't take yeah. that to offense. But it did come through my mind yeah. that you were going to bring that up. <laughs> you must. Uh, you must have heard about that Super Beard Expo story, like he's like, that we all have. Uh, yeah. Did you hear that story, Scott? I beat yeah. Jason no. Clad out there. Did you? <laughs> You know, yeah, well, I believe it. You're you're a great player. I yeah. don't think people even realize how good you play. Look, once um, I hey, the first player. I was telling Here my wife go. the story Here about this today. The first time <laughs> you and I, the only time we really played, you're like, hey, I hear you're new in town. You know, come out and play me. I'll give you a good spot, whatever. And we play, and and before we played, you and I shook hands. I met you and everything. And I was like, man, Scott's a really cool guy. You know, this is this is really cool. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you sell out and I get out, right? I'm going to five or six or something, but I get out and I make some comment to you about a shot that you chose. And it's like a, a switch flipped, and you said, You do know I beat Efren seven times for the money, right? 
And it was like something came over you. And I'm like, I don't even recognize this dude, but he's out for blood. And I lost six games in a row, gave you $500 and walked out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the old me. I don't know that I have that fire anymore. You had it that night. Yeah, you had it that that night. was quite a while ago that was a long time ago. four or five years ago yeah yeah I think longer than that yeah but it was six or seven actually maybe but anyway yeah, yeah you're you're he can joey can play joey can play yeah but thank hey. you guys i also want to tell you guys thank you for having me on i appreciate it i was a little apprehensive um yeah. and then I, you know uh you guys are easy going but but i figured you would push me a little bit harder well, well we took it easy on you we took it easy on you. we're yeah. just war- we're just warming you, you up for the next for, for the next time <laughs> oh, when I, I know. whenever we bring you on so yeah, now listen I you're always so. a good sport scott uh, a good sport you know we we wish you happy holidays and a merry christmas and to everybody watching this will probably be our last show before christmas maybe we might do something late in the evening one day i doubt it but um if we don't get to see everyone we hope everyone has a safe and a happy holiday we wish you guys all the best same to you scott as well of course Hope you and the family get to enjoy some time and just decompress and enjoy life like we all need to do, I'm sure. Um, so thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. We hope to see you guys after the Christmas break. We got a bunch of fun shows uh, planned that we're going to be working on, and we're still going to be working behind the scenes. But enjoy the holiday and um, have a great Saturday as well.